0: There is no scripture reading this week, but all of the Proverbs from which I'm preaching are printed on a single sheet of paper on the table in the back. So if you didn't grab one of those on the way in, um, um, you can go get one now or, or maybe raise your hand and have someone bring one to you. Um, so we are in this series in Proverbs. And finally, after, four, after five sermons, we are actually into the Proverbs in the book of Proverbs, not just the introduction. you have a superpower did you know that it's fun to talk about what power you would like if you could have any superpower you might want the ability to fly or have x-ray vision or to move objects with your mind i think for me it would be the ability to play any musical instrument perfectly the first time i picked it up I would love that power, but we already have a superpower, and it's something you use every single day. You use it when you go to work, when you pull through Dunkin' Donuts drive-through, uh, when you talk to your family at home, when you pray. You use it all day, every day. When you write a text, when you send an email, it's a power that is far out of proportion to its size. It's something that you might treat casually or flippantly. What is it? It's the power of your words. The power of words. Proverbs 18:21 this is kind of our, our anchor verse this morning says, "The tongue has the power of life and death." The tongue, our words, our speech. And life and death in the context of Proverbs is not just having a beating heart or not. Life means healthy relationships, healthy communities, wholeness of mind, body, and spirit. Uh, most of all, a healthy relationship with God. That is life in the fullest sense. And of course, physical flourishing as well. And death equals broken relationships and Broken families and broken communities, and disintegration of the self, and a broken relationship with God, and eventually death and hell. And our words, these fleeting little vibrations produced by our vocal cords that that go out into the air for a few seconds and then die away, those small things have the power of life and death. That's a superpower. That is a power far out of proportion to to its size. And you all know this from experience that words can be missiles or they can be medicine. They can hurt or they can heal. Don't you know that from experience? You may remember something spoken to you 30 years ago that still uh, is bouncing around like live ammunition in your heart. On the other hand, you may remember something that a a teacher or a parent or a pastor spoke over you that, that changed the direction of your life for good. And most of all, of course, if you're a Christian, you've heard the words of the gospel, and those words have utterly changed you and given you life in all its fullness, Well, the book of Proverbs has so much to say about the power of words, the superpower of words, much more than I can cover in one sermon this morning. Um, But the fact is, on the path of wisdom, which is what Proverbs is about, a.k.a. following Jesus, one of the main things that God wants to teach us and needs to teach us is how to use our words for life. And not for death we all need to learn and keep learning this lesson we need to bring the power of our speech under the power of Jesus I mean Jesus was and is the master at using words to heal and not to hurt Um, so let's learn from his word through the book of Proverbs about how to use our words wisely and in life giving ways does that sound good Okay, so we're going to look at several Proverbs this morning that can teach us two things. Um, what to speak, that is words that bring life and not death, and then when to speak. So what to speak and when to speak. So our key verse says, Proverbs eighteen twenty-one: the tongue has the power of life and death. Let's start with the second half. The power of death. There are words that are very deadly, deadly to relationships, deadly to minds and souls, um, communities. What what are they? Well, for one, they can be words that crush the spirit. Proverbs fifteen four. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Words can crush the spirit. You probably know from experience, um, the kinds of words that crush your spirit, criticizing, shaming, judging, cursing, blaming, belittling, those are words that, that, that beat you down and crush your spirit and just sap the life out of you. I stumbled across a video on YouTube months ago Called and the title caught me. It said, Strangers share the most painful thing that has ever been said to them. So I watched this video, and sure enough, the person who made it walked around a public place like a park with a camera and asked, stopped random people and asked them, Could you tell me the most painful thing that someone's ever said to you? And they ran the gamut from things their parents had said to them to words from a romantic partner to something that another fourth grader told them in the cafeteria that still sting and listen to some of the answers they gave i'm ashamed to have you as my son why aren't you smart enough no one could ever love you you're too broken you were an accident you're stupid I'm so sick of you you're a sad excuse for a brother go kill yourself a perverse tongue crushes the spirit and can even lead to to death itself to suicide self-harm and why do words like that have such power they're just words. Well, sticks and stones can only break your bones, but words can hurt you deeply. Words can get inside you and and get lodged in your heart and change the way you see yourself and just continue to do damage year after year. So let's not use our words in ways that crush the spirit. If you had been one of the people in that video, I'm sure you would know what you would have shared. We've all been hurt by words. Not only that, but words can also be deadly by inciting conflict. They can be deadly to relationships. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Don't you know someone whose words are like verbal gasoline on the fire? Who are quick to take offense, who are lashing out, who are harsh and abrasive. And just wherever they go, conflict follows them. Harsh words. The Royal British Navy has a rule that states, no officer shall speak discouragingly to another officer in the discharge of his duties. Now, that came from a Bible commentary, not the British Navy rule book, so take it for what it's worth. But that sounds like a rule we should follow in our families, our homes, in our church. There's never a reason to be harsh, discouraging, critical, sarcastic in a cutting way, or to shame or to judge. Um... Those words, um, those words are deadly, but not all deadly words sound deadly. Here's the other side. Um, Hurting words can come packaged as lies that sound good or flattery or gossip. Proverbs 26, 28 says, a lying tongue hates those it hurts and a flattering mouth works Ruin. Flattery is like using words you don't really mean to get someone to give you what you want. They're disingenuous. They're empty. They're, in effect, deceitful. And lies are um, covering up the truth or leading people astray. How about gossip? Proverbs 26.20. By the way, there's a lot in Proverbs about gossip. 2620, just one says, without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a coral dies down. So true. If you want to create conflict and stir it up and keep it going, then talk about people behind their backs in ways that dishonor them. And that will ensure quarrelsome, um, acrimonious relationships. But let's look at the other half. The tongue has the power of life. The tongue has the power of life. Proverbs 18, 21. So first of all, it does that by speaking truth. Human beings were made to run on truth and to receive truth. Um, Proverbs 15, 7 says, The lips of the wise spread knowledge. And 12.19, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying, to- lying tongue lasts only a moment. 24.26, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. God values truth so highly. And when you use words to speak truth, it brings things to life. It brings people to life. Truth about God and His Word. Truth about um, the world he has made. Truth about someone else that they are loved and valued. Even truth that is hard to hear is life-giving. Right? Words, words that sting, but that 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 save lives. Like bad-tasting medicine that saves your life. Truth. Well, words can heal. It takes words to hurt and it takes words to heal. Proverbs 12:18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And 16:24, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You all know from experience what gracious healing words sound like. Words like I love you or here's something I appreciate about you or it seems like you're having a hard day tell me what's going on or did you know that you are gifted at fill in the blank gracious kind affirming encouraging healing words words that can even undo the power of harsh uh, words that were spoken Um, but do you know what I think some of the most healing words you can ever say to someone else? There are two things. The first one is I'm sorry. That is a healing phrase. When you have hurt someone, those words are like an antibiotic ointment to put on that wound on that relationship because without a genuine apology the relationship becomes infected with bitterness, with anger, with, with coldness. And so simply saying, I'm sorry, is full of healing power. And there's another thing with that that's full of healing power. The response to that is, I forgive you. I forgive you those two little phrases I'm sorry and I forgive you they're just little puffs of air but they go down into our hearts they can bring dead things back to life dead relationships dead trust uh, uh, dead love and they heal they heal so deeply even seemingly insignificant words can hurt and require healing with words a few years ago I was talking to a family member on the phone, uh, someone I only see once or twice a year. And he said, you know, Tyler, I, ha- I have to share something that's been bothering me. Last summer when we were together, you made a comment about how much I was eating. And I think you meant it as a joke, but it really hurt me. And I realized that since then, I've been kind of distant from you. And I am I sharing that. and I." I said, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. I I shouldn't have said that. Will you forgive me? Something I thought was a joke that I just blurted out thoughtlessly had actually damaged our relationship. And we were able to reconcile and um, uh, be back uh, on good terms again. What are some of the most life-giving words that you have heard? It could be um, and maybe after a time when you had really messed up and you thought you were in big trouble and you thought you were going to get judged and blamed and crushed, but instead your dad looked you in the eye and said, son, I love you. Maybe it was a word from a teacher or a, a mentor who said, I really see this in you, and I affirm this in you, and that changed the direction of your life. Think about some of the most healing words you've heard. Well, Proverbs also has much to say, number two, about when to speak. So the, the, the right word at the wrong time is the wrong word. Sometimes there's wisdom in not speaking at all. And this is hard because we live in a loud world full of chatter, full of opinions, full of voices. Just think of social media or TV or talk radio. Oh, my goodness. Every opinion, every thought gets aired, literally. But wise people know that sometimes speaking and sharing is unnecessary. Sometimes silence is okay. Proverbs seventeen twenty seven. there on your sheet. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. And in the next verse, they make the same point with a joke. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent, and discerning if they hold their tongues. So much hurt is caused by words um, that could simply be avoided if we talked less. Have you ever thought about that? Wise people think before they speak because so many thoughtless words are hurtful. Look at Proverbs 15, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. The contrast between weighing and discerning and considering and gushing out every thought that comes into your head. When words gush out of us, they do damage, like a knee jerk reaction or a comment said, an exasperation or an anger, a careless answer. I am guilty as charged. This week, preparing the sermon, I thought of, gosh, so many times I say things that hurt Meg or the kids that I just. I just should shut up and not say anything, right? Just filter before I speak. But did you know we can also hurt ourselves when we speak rashly and quickly? Proverbs 13, 3. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. When we talk too much, what is this saying? How can speaking rashly bring us to ruin? When we talk too much, we can make promises we can't keep. We can commit to things we don't have time for. We can share secrets with untrustworthy people. We can do all kinds of things that come back to bite us because we didn't filter and weigh our words. So wise people know when not to speak. And on the flip side, the right thing said at the right time is so good. It is so good. Proverbs 15:23. A person finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word? A timely word. Mark Twain said, "The difference between the right word and almost the right word" he's talking about his writing, is the difference between lightning and the lightning bug. And I would say the difference between the right word at the right time and the wrong or the right word at the wrong time is the same. How good is a timely word? How fitting and apt is it? Think of Jesus. Everything he said was, at, was the right thing at the right time to the right person. His words are always fitting probably know a person in your life of whom it said that person doesn't talk a whole lot but when they do we sure listen because they always have something wise to say that's what we want to be like and with a caveat some of us will naturally be more chatty and gregarious and talkative and some are more reserved but all of us can learn how to weigh our words so I want to challenge you this week to install a filter between your brain and your mouth and to make your daily prayer, Psalm 141, verse 3, which says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Pray this prayer daily and see what happens. See what gets filtered out and what makes it through. The longer I'm a Christian friend's the more I realize that sometimes when I speak needlessly, it's because I'm trying to um, fill empty silence or justify myself or make somebody happy and tell them what they want to hear. But if I would simply rest in God's love for me and weigh my words, I wouldn't say everything that, came into my mind not every thought needs to be spoken not every opinion needs to be aired not every comment needs to be typed and entered so install that filter this week and see what happens half the battle in learning to use our words is knowing when not to speak well I just want to conclude by saying I I hope you don't feel burdened by this like Wow, there's 17 things I have to do, or, gosh, thanks for reminding me how um, uh, thanks for reminding me of my sin. And what we need to do now is bring this back to the good news of Jesus, right? So a couple ways. If you have been hurt by words, and all of you have, Jesus can heal you. Jesus can heal you. His words by the power of the Holy Spirit are healing words and they can enter your life and, and surgically remove that, that, that deadly word that was spoken to you and, and replace it with his life-giving words. Jesus can do that. And if you have used your words to hurt others, there's hope. Because you can go and say those healing words I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Even if it was insignificant to you, even if it's been a long time, and if there's someone who you wished you could have that conversation with who is not on the planet anymore, you can just turn that into a prayer to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I should have said to that person if they were still around. And finally, where do we find the most life-giving words of all. In God's Word. In the Gospel. In the truth of what Jesus has done. My parents have a little handwritten uh, quote tacked above their bathroom sink, which, which has a quote by a man named Tim Keller. So let me read that to you. The Gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared to believe the first half. Now, that's, that's a hard truth. It's a truth, but it's a hard truth. We need to hear it. Maybe today you're feeling convicted about, gosh, I, my, I am more sinful with my words than I thought I was. We need to hear that from God. But, the quote continues, Yet at the very same time, we're more sinful than we dared believe, but at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. I don't know any truth, any words more healing than that. The words that, that tell us of our sin and tell us you can be forgiven and you can be accepted and you are loved and made new. And when you've experienced that through Jesus, when you've heard his words to you, you can turn around and use your words for life and not for death. Amen. Amen. Let's, um, let's pray in response to this. Father, thank you for the wisdom in your word about how to use words. And I pray that we would take this to heart. Lord, I know that I have said a lot of things this morning and a lot of these proverbs have been shared. So I pray that um, your Holy Spirit would apply um, what each person needs to their heart, whether it's encouragement or conviction or both. Speak your words to us in the deepest places of who we are. Bring life to our minds, hearts, souls, and bodies and teach us Use our words for life and not for death. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.